Hello, and welcome to the I Am Fearless podcast. I'm your host, Vicki, and man, am I glad that you decided to click and spend a little time with me today. Today's guest is Michelle Walters. She is a seasoned job hunter, executive coach, hypnotherapist, and author of An Alignment of Spirit, Finding Work You Love. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Vicki. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh my goodness, girl, your book, that book is good. I'm that book is very good. Thrilled you liked it. I loved it. I love it. I love it. Um, I love that you talk about, that you give these examples and these practices that you have in the book um, that can kind of help you identify what you are into, what each person is into through these practices. Very, very cool. Um, so I want to know, why do you feel that spirituality belongs in the job hunt? Because spirituality belongs at work. And we should all be in positions where aspects of our individuality, our unique spirit, get to be expressed. And that could be happening whether you're serving donuts at Dunkin' Donuts or whether you're working in corporate, but we spend so much of our life at work that to think that you're just supposed to turn off who you are when you go there and not express yourself is ridiculous. Yeah. So we, we were all put on this planet to have a human experience and to be the person we are. And yet I feel like an awful lot of uh, companies and job places tend to sort of want to treat everybody, you know, like automatons or robots or something. And that's not who we are. And so I think it's critical for people to think about their spirit and what their spirit is calling them to do, both when they're looking for a job as well as when they're in that job, that they can express themselves that way. No, I completely agree. I I think that, you know, one of my previous guests, he told me, and I loved it so much, he said that he views work as a form of worship, that mm -hmm. it is supposed to be something that you feel called to do. And I love that you mentioned even serving donuts. Like, it doesn't matter what it is at that moment as long as you feel good doing it, as long as you feel the call to do it. Yes. Exactly. Oh. My point is that there's not one kind of job that's the only job where you can express your spirit. You can express your spirit in a lot of different places. And I, I, I really see this as a revolution that is coming to our country, our planet. I think the Great Resignation was part of this elevated awareness where people are looking to be fulfilled at work or or at least have work be very fulfilling. We're, we're not here to be frustrated all the time. We're not here to be mad all the time or feel like we've got a chip on our shoulder all the time. We are here to express who we are. And it's time that both employees and candidates as well as employers start to find a way to acknowledge people for who they are and help them to grow and express themselves because 
that's what's going to bring the highest level of energy to your company, to your organization, to your product. It's really by incorporating spirit. Wow. No, I agree. I completely agree. You know, in this book, you you describe the activities um, as them being designed to deepen your connection to spirit and your subconscious mind. Yeah. Tell me, and, and, and also in the book, you mentioned that the creative step, well, let me back up because you guys, I'm really excited. You're getting a little ahead. To, <laughs> I'm getting a little ahead because the book is so good because it's, it's almost like, it literally is like a how to, or like a step-by-step process in uncovering your passion or, and, and that's what I love so much about it because I think that we get so caught up in the things that we're supposed to have. And so we, we seek the job and the money prior to the fulfilling part of it that needs to be there in order for you to be able to do the job, to get the money, because because right. it'll all come later. Right. But the spirit has to be in alignment first. So let me not get ahead of my own spirit and, and back it up. Because in your book, you talk about the manifestation wheel. Mm-hmm. And the manifestation wheel has... Release, create, think, and receive. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me more about those uh, four steps? Yeah, so I really wanted this book not to just explain theoretically what all this was about, but to make it something that was actionable. Because it, it's kind of like when my son wanted to play chess. You know, he read a few books on how to play chess, and he thought he was an outstanding chess player. Well, you can't be an outstanding chess player without occasionally playing chess. It's kind of the same thing in terms of aligning with your spirit. You need to understand it at an intellectual level, but you need to do it at a subconscious, conscious, practicing kind of level to get better and better at it. So I organized this idea of sort of how do you manifest a job, which as I explained in the book, like this is the process. It doesn't matter if it's, you're looking for a job or you're looking for a new house or you're looking for a partner. Like it's the same process into four steps. And those are the ones you just relayed. So the step of release is sort of the traditional start, which is that you got to figure out what you're holding on to that is in the way for you to bring in what you want. So, you know, kind of think about at, if your house is full of clutter, there's no room to bring in a new sofa. Like you've got to make some space, whether that is in a physical way or in a mental conscious way. And the second step is create because you got to know what you're shooting for. You got to be able to see it. You got to be able to believe that you can get this thing you're going for, get the job you want. And you have to be able to see that. So the the activities in my book are really focused on helping people to weed out what's a bad fit and pull in what's a good fit. The third step is thank. And I think this is so important. You have to act as if this thing you're going for is actually already in your hand. It just, you kind of haven't noticed that it's there already. And that will come to you by putting yourself into a thankful place of mind and being thankful for stuff all the time, all day long. The last step is receiving. And I thought it was important to put this out there because there are people who are terrible receivers, honestly. And you have to be able to receive. And you can practice receiving by like 
if somebody compliments you, thank them for the compliment. Don't say, oh no, not really. Like accept the compliment. That's part of receiving. Back to your question of why is the start with release? It's because for most people, there's things in the way that getting rid of them by releasing them, you can actually start to get the energy turning here in the in the manifestation wheel. So if you're really good at this and you've already got plenty of space, then fine, you can start with another step. But for most people, starting with release is the smart way to go. You know, what you, when I think about release, release has always, releasing things has always been something that I've struggled with. I have to be completely honest. It's like, and, and when you when I think about release, the song that comes into my head is Erica Badu's Bag Lady. You know, for carrying all those bags. I'm carrying a bunch of stuff. And and you're absolutely right. You can't you can't walk into your future carrying old stuff that no longer is a part of who you are and that's not gonna help you progress with who you want to be. Yeah. 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 We we Americans have a very material culture where we tend to get a lot of stuff, you know, and really too much stuff can really weigh you down. Now, there are people for whom the physical stuff isn't the issue. It's the mental stuff. It's too much seeing yourself as the person you were last year or five years ago or um, being so wrapped up in your self-talk that you don't have the space to realize that your self-talk could be about something different, right? So those are other places where releasing can really help to make that space because what you have to do is make the space or you won't get what you're looking for. It just, there's not room for it. Mm, I feel that. I feel that. I, um, I'm actually just to share a little bit, I'm actually going through a process where I have been telling myself that God, I say God, other people say universe, I, I say God, but I feel like that God is creating space in my life for the things that are supposed to be there, that he is actively moving things, people, places, whatever it is, out of my way to create more space. And the best way that I can help facilitate that change is by moving out of the way and allowing it to happen and letting it go. Putting my hands up and saying, okay, yep. I believe you. Yep. And that is aligning your spirit, right? Mm -hmm. You are just kind of taking directions from what you're calling God, what a lot of people call God. Um, but taking those directions and internalizing them and living them and not questioning every single one of them, kind of going with that flow and allowing that flow to happen. Some people get themselves too overanalytic or too caught up in fear. You know, oh my gosh, what if I do this? I've never done that before. What's going to happen? You know, well, I, I, I'm, I'm all of one for, you know, thinking about things before you do it. But sometimes you do have to sort of throw caution to the wind. You do have to go with what your inner voice is telling you because only in doing so will you ever see the big picture, see what could really come to be. 
No, that's absolutely true. And I think that sometimes we get stuck in those cycles because it's what seems safe. And because we, because subconsciously we already know what's going to happen. Um, and that seems like the better route than going into a different direction where we don't know what's going to happen. And so, no, I, it, it, fear, fear definitely plays a big role in releasing things, I think, too. It's so much tied to it. It's not as simple as we like to think that it is, you know? No, no, we're no. all, we're all programmed. Our internal programming is to be at least hesitant about change, right? Mm-hmm. And there's good evolutionary reasons for that, right? Like if you're in a new forest, how are you going to find the tiger, right? Um, but there are other times where the only way to grow and change is is to walk into that new forest without a map and to have the confidence that you're going to be able to find a friend, find a safe place, uh, find a meadow, find whatever it is that you're looking for. I have to write that down. Walk into that forest without the map. You'll figure mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. You will figure it out. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, and you know what? Okay, so that brings me to my next question. Because you, um, let me see, you mentioned, you, you talk about how intuition is so important in the book. And, and I want to know, in your opinion and your thoughts on this, like, how do you know that it's truly intuition or if it's like your ego or if it's fear, where's that discernment come into place? I would say that the most important thing here is to start allowing yourself to trust your gut because many of us were taught to think too much as opposed to listening to what your heart says, what maybe your stomach says for some of us, you know, if your stomach starts turning over in butterflies, well, that that might tell you something. But you need to be able to recognize that that inner voice is worthy of being listened to. And for some people, yeah, ego does step into the mix, it does get in the way. But I don't find that's the biggest thing. I find really the biggest thing is figuring out how do you remember to listen to your inner voice and to recognize fear for what it is, right? It's it's always there. It's not like it's going to go away. But if you kind of can see it and say, okay, I see you. I'm putting you over here. Now, what does my heart say to do? What can I do to mitigate that fear? How do I step over it in order to find something new, something bigger, something better? Then people can get to finding their intuition. We all have it. We were just sort of taught as kids, like, no, don't do that. Use logic to figure out the answer. Well, I mean, that's really important if you're doing math or engineering, but it might not be that important if you're making a another commonplace decision no no you're right no that's um I think I think where where I have feel like that I've come into um I don't know I guess you could say disagreement with my intuition 
is um, because of a lack of trust in myself um, and maybe me placing too much importance on the opinions of others mm-hmm. or what everyone else is doing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, when I think that when you step fully, I don't know, into, I don't know, maybe being more grounded, more centered in who you feel like that you really are as a person, then that intuition, it really speaks to you um, clearly. And, and maybe you won't have um, so many clouded judgments, I guess, um, interrupting your process there. But, yeah, just something to think about. Um, yeah, I like that. Um, so another question that I have for you is, and I'm going to, once again, I'm skipping around, but, I, but I'm very interested to learn about this. I know it's this, welcome to my head, Michelle. Like I get excited and I bounce around a little bit. And so, so I'm glad that you're here with me sitting through it. But one of the questions that I had for you was um, about you releasing, and you actually did, and you described it in your book, about how you released um, you being a resident of California and moving to Texas and then moving back again. Um, and I just want you to kind of share some of that process with us and what that looked like for you and the types of fears and the types of things that all the things that we're talking about, how that came up for you and what did you do in order to get past them? Yeah. So I, my husband and I had a small child and we also had custody of his 15 year old son and we were living in California. He'd been out of work for a long time and we had both met in Dallas. We felt like there were opportunities for us in Dallas, but here we were living in the Bay area and we tried a number of things, but there was sort of no remixing of the ingredients in California that was getting us to the stable life we wanted, to having, you know, a little extra on the income side and enough control over our lives. And so we made a very bold decision to just move to Texas. And we rented out our house. We put our possessions in a truck. My husband flew ahead, picked out a house for me. I'd never seen where we were going. And we arrived in in Texas and restarted life. And as it happened, I found a job in Texas. My husband, who hadn't been able to find something career satisfying in California, found something in Texas in just a few months. Like everything really came together. But in that case, you know, not everybody needs to do their releasing by like moving five states away. Um, but but in our case, you know, it wasn't a matter of tweaking one little thing here, or one little thing there. Like we needed a complete change to move. So we did that and we moved and we got to Texas and we got jobs and life was okay for about a year. And then after that, my husband had a severe st- infection and a severe stroke. And so I had to find a way to manage his care, keep working, handle toddler. Stepson kind of stepped out of the picture at that point. Um, And then about a year after his stroke, we moved back to California because I couldn't, I just couldn't do it in Dallas on my own. So there again, there was a release from Dallas and a moved back to California. I was very fortunate on the professional front. I contacted my former employer in San Francisco and said, hey, I'm coming back. And they said, hey, we have your old job available. Do you want it? It's like, yeah, I'll take it. 
And um, so we we arrived back, and I went back to work. The office had relocated, but it was the same job, the same client, the same bus route, same art on the walls. It was crazy. <laughs> wow, wow. That is so cool because, you know, I I think that it is, it, it's so cool to be, well, not, I need to stop saying cool, but I think that it's so admirable and so powerful for you to say, you know what, this works for a while, and now it doesn't work so great anymore, so now we're going to just switch it up and, and not beat yourself up in that process. I think sometimes we, we think that when change happens that it's supposed to have this grandiose effect or it's, you know, but it's not always like that. And sometimes, and, and even when you do make that change and, and like you were just saying, you go back and it's almost like it's, it was there still waiting for you. It was there. And in my case, my life was, was there ready for me to step right into it, really. And my neighbors were the same. The kids my kid was in school with were just bigger, older, but it, it, um, there was a there was a welcome mat effectively for stepping back into that life for me but i i it, it was a difficult journey the relocation for that for that phase to texas with my husband and him getting sick and everything but i know it was part of part of my life experience and one of the things that made me who i am and that i sort of take that and use that and and blend it into the to my books and the things I say because I think it's really important for other people to realize like, you know, big shifts are sometimes necessary. And while they can be really, really painful, that growth is part of what your spirit is here to do. And and that doesn't make it easy, but it is part of your human experience. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, yeah, that's, uh, no, that's, and it's important because those things, those things that happen, they are what helps to continue to shape and evolve us. You know, we're, we're here to grow. Something that's not growing anymore is no longer living. Right. You know? Right. Right. It's all about, it's all about growth. And, and there are times in our lives that are spring where we're blooming and, (laughs) reaching out new branches. And there are times in life that are more like winter where we're a little bit more curled up and a little bit more sort of just the days are passing. We, we all have seasons to the way we change and grow. But I just think it's really important. And I, I wrote this book because I wanted to share how I have gotten through a lot of big changes, a lot of hard times and how putting your conscious mind and your subconscious mind, aligning them, lining them with your spirit, working them together, can really help you overcome adversity as well as conquer those battlefields you're trying to conquer. Wow, yeah. You know, your, your whole attitude to me, it seems like it, it like rests in gratitude. Yeah. Because even when it doesn't work out, it's like, thank you for the lesson. Thank you yeah. for the experience still. Yeah. One of the things that I like to think about with gratitude is really 
I like to think about gratitude as being like the soundtrack that I'm listening to all day long. So, you know, how to, you, you go to the grocery store and when you first walk in, the lines are all really long. But by the time I pick up my items, I'm at the front, there's nobody in front of me, like the line's cleared. Well, that's something to be grateful for. Like you can, you know, the, uh, the gardeners came and cleaned up the leaves. Well, that's something to be grateful for. I mean, you can be grateful for all kinds of stuff all the time. And I think a lot of people, our lives are very rich. We have a lot of material wealth. We have a lot of things going on, but a lot of people don't, don't make that space to, just have that observation. Just notice that. Just one deep breath of that thankfulness will really put you in a whole different place. And it it accelerates how quickly you recover and how many wonderful things you can manifest. That is so true. That is so true. Now, um, Wow, this is this is very good, and I and it and it all ties into the manifestation wheel, releasing, creating, thinking, and receiving. Um, it is a, it it really is a cycle, um, and a healthy cycle in which you can place yourself in once you make the decision to make. I don't know, like live a purpose driven life. I suppose. Well, I think it's. I really sort of see it as a way to focus your energy, right? Mm. And a, a, a way to, a backdrop, if you will, for how to look at life. And this doesn't mean that, like, everything's going to show up the moment you dream it up. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to be hit by difficult uh, choices and roads and things like that that you have to get through. It's... Those are independent. Those are going to happen. But there's so much to be gained by taking control of your thoughts and using your thoughts to work in the right direction that I just want to teach people how to do that and how I can help them do that because life can, life can be a whole lot brighter. You know, it doesn't have to be dull colors. It can be bright colors. I think that you have absolutely done that in writing this book. <laughs> well, thank you, Vicki. I appreciate it. Uh, you definitely have. Okay, Michelle, I have a couple more questions for you. Um, the first is, and I like to ask all of my guests this, um, what does success look like to you? So success for me is really meeting people, inspiring them, teaching them these things I know so that more people can find joy and peace and work they love. I think it's really important people find work they love because life is just too short to have long-term sucky jobs. I mean, like one day here or there, that's fine. But long-term sucky jobs, no, making that go away. So that's part of what success looks like for me. No, I agree. I agree. You it, it you're you spend so much of your life working. You should at least enjoy it. Mhm. Agreed. You know? Yep. For sure. Okay, and my last question is, what is one piece of advice um that you wish you had received at a pivotal point in your career or your personal life that you would like to try and share 
with someone else. That's a it doesn't hard have to be, one. I know, but you know what? It doesn't have to be deep, deep. It can just be something like, you know, one time someone told me, they were like, just don't stop trying. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Right? I think the piece of advice that I received isn't so much um, exactly a piece of advice, but when I lived in Dallas, I had a therapist there. Her name was Karen. And Karen was sort of a blend of a spiritual teacher and a hypnotherapist and kind of a whole bunch of different things. And having somebody like that in my life was so helpful and so supportive, you know, and she, she saw all of this stuff about my book and everything. She was like, she knew this was coming. And I, I was like, what What are you talking about? Um, but I think that the piece of advice, you know, really being who you are and letting that drive everything. That's the piece of advice that I think that matters. Hey, I feel that. I feel that. And you know what? You put that all in your book, too. Mm-hmm. It's like it, like the activities are about you connecting with who you really are. And then once you, once you connect with who you really are and fearlessly lead your life as who you are, then everything else will fall into place. It's true. Yeah. It's scary yeah. to hear that. And it's, it's, it is. Uh, there's plenty of people who will come up with lots of evidence to the contrary. But at the end of the day, it's a matter of sort of putting your focus on what you want to focus on. I I have a short story at the end of the book about when I was pregnant and I met this friend of my mother's and my mother's friend's name was Diane. And Diane told me at some party I went to that when she'd had her labor with her three boys, all of them had been very fast and she'd had her boys in like two hours. And so my whole pregnancy, I just kept thinking, I'm going to be like Diane. I'm going to be like Diane. And people would say, oh, I was in labor for 24 hours. I would just like completely ignore that that was even a possibility. And lo and behold, when I had my son, super quick labor. And, you know, I can't promise these results for everybody else. But it is a matter of deciding, making some decisions about what you want to, um, what you want to put your attention to. And what you can just kind of let run off your back, you know? No, for sure. For sure. Because whatever you are focusing the most on, it'll, it will only grow. It will only become bigger. It will only become the center of whatever you're thinking of. It will take up space, rent, <laughs> everything in your head. Yes. So. This is, this is, uh, <laughs> is kind of like my podcast. My podcast is called It's All Connected. You know, it's all connected. It's all connected. Yes. So, you know, when you, I forgot to mention that when you think about she, one thing, you it it connects to everything else. So you better be pretty thoughtful about what you're going to let in, because once it's in, it's connected. It is. It is. Oh, my goodness. So you guys, I completely forgot to mention that <laughs> Michelle has her own podcast, too. <laughs> and and it will be at the bottom of your screen here. Um, but Michelle, before you go. Please tell us um, where we can find you. Um, tell us your Instagram, your website, the name of your podcast. Um, I will provide a link for the book um, on the website, on my website. So, yeah, please. So, yes. So, I'm Michelle Walters. My website is michellewalters.net. My Instagram handle is mindpoweredjunkie. 
Um, my book uh, will be on here. It's called An Alignment of Spirit. But the best place to connect with me, I do have a number of classes and I do work with individuals one-on-one uh, -on -one in either executive coaching or hypnosis. And all of that is best described and available at my website, michellewalters.net. Wonderful, wonderful. Oh, and then also to drop your podcast. Oh, yeah, the podcast. The podcast is called It's All Connected, and I do it with my friend Cynthia Varkavisser. She's a modern mystic, and I'm a clinical hypnotherapist. And so we look at a lot of problems just a little bit differently, which is kind of interesting. And we've been meeting and interviewing a whole number of interesting people. Very cool. Very cool. I checked it out and it is very good, you guys. So Michelle, once again, thank you so much for coming on and being a guest at I Am Fearless. And you guys, it has been a pleasure. Um, I'm your host, Vicki, and I want to thank you all for spending a little time with me and Michelle today. And this is Vicki encouraging you to love everything, everyone, and most importantly, yourself. Thanks and take care.